Smartcast. As a CEO, if you're not personally investing in yourself, going to masterminds, going to these private retreats, getting into these rooms with these people that are doing heavier things, then you're going to plateau. You're going to stagnate because there's a point in business where it becomes high-level networking. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Welcome back. In this episode, we talk with Donnie Boyvin, CEO and founder of Success Champions. Donnie believes that self-awareness is the key to success and shares insights on personal branding, networking, and lifting others up. Here are three key takeaways from this episode. First, building a business is hard, but it's about doing the hard things that move your business forward. Second, self-awareness is your superpower. And last but not least, why personal branding is critical. Let's chat with Donnie as we dive deeper into these topics. Hey, Donnie, thanks for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? Man, Tyler, I'm awesome, brother. The quick banter we had before getting on the show, I already enjoy hanging out with you. I think this is going to be a hell of a conversation. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to have a blast. Hey, I'm going to give you a little intro. I don't normally do this, but you got just so much going on. It just fires me up. So you run three companies. You have two of the top podcasts in the world. You've written five best-selling books. Plus, as if that isn't enough, you work on a farm. You own a farm and you have a working farm. I guess my first question has to be like, how the heck do you do all <laughs> It's all fun. You know, I didn't grow up being the guy that wanted to be an entrepreneur, wanted to build a business, anything. You know, I was a blue-collar kid. You worked, you got a job, and you know, you retired for other people. And when I turned 40, the, the stars aligned, whatever you want to say. And you know, I, I launched the companies. And it really came down to I've always had this kind of hardcore work ethic. And I can relate it back to the farm life, you know, having a working farm, you got animals on the farm, they can't let themselves out in the morning, right? They can't put themselves up at night. So I don't get a day off on the farm. And so what I tell everybody is I'm not the hustle and grind guy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm the do the work until the damn work's done guy. Because it's running all the companies, doing all the things, the podcasts, the guesting, putting all content out there. Because I handle almost all my social media as well. You know, And doing all this stuff, it comes down to when you've got such a big purpose that you want to accomplish, and you got so many things that you want to do, you're just going to do the things that have to get done to make sure that you can get there and accomplish those things. So I just correlate it up as it's just part of the day. And I love it. So I kind of want to dig down on that, what you just said. Is hard work, when you're running a business, is hard work in itself enough? No. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Because I think that's the fascinating. So everybody gets the idea of hard work just screwed up and it, and it drives me nuts. Right. People hear hard work and it's like, you got to work these 18, 20 hour days. So that's not what I'm saying at all. Building a business, as your listeners know, is freaking hard. Right. There are just some things that are extremely hard and you're constantly evolving to another level of yourself because who you are now got you here, but it's not going to get you to where you're trying to go. So what I've found for me is working hard is more about doing the hard things. 
So there's things that are just not natural skill sets. You know, like I suck at operations. That is just not my playground. But so I have people that are freaking amazing at operations. But for them to be amazing in operations, I've got to force myself to do operational things. That's really hard for me to do because I'm just not wired to do that kind of stuff. You know, the other side of things is the business finance. It's never been a strong suit of mine because it's just boring to me. I like making money. I just don't like doing all the calculations, figuring all the crap out. So I have people that are awesome at that. But if I don't look at the counts, if I don't look at the P&Ls, I don't look at the forecast, you know, and all the stuff, then I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. So it's not about working hard. It's about doing the hard things that you have to do to actually move the company and business forward. They just happen to be hard. They oftentimes take up a lot of time. So people automatically correlate it with this whole hustle and grind you know, concept. I go back, do the hard things until the hard things are done, if that makes sense. I love what you just said. It just, you know, it's funny reading your profile. You talk in your book, which is awesome, by the way, your book, your profile, listening to your podcast. You're obviously a sales guy. Like sales is your thing. <laughs> but this is yeah. what's funny though, Donnie. This is funny. So a lot of times you'll have people that are running a business and, and sales is their skill. And hopefully that is because really, in my opinion, that's kind of the harder part of business. Having people do finance, having people do HR, those back office things are important. And it's important that you recognize that maybe that's not your strength, but you can find people for that. It's really hard to find people on the front end. And so, but what I wanted to ask you where I'm taking this question when did you have that awareness? Because what I find is a lot of times when people are good on the business side, on the sales side, and they're not so good on the back end, they really flounder until someday they realize, man, I need to still look at my financials. Even though I'm hiring someone, I still need to look at them. I need to take my medicine. When does that hit you? Like, How do you that come together? When the pain gets so bad <laughs> that you have to find somebody. So I re- remember I was, I don't know, first year in business and I was screwing around with this MailChimp po- program because I thought I should be doing email marketing. Here I am, the sales guy sitting back doing freaking MailChimp stuff, right? And I totally break MailChimp. I screw it all up. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I shouldn't be doing it in the first place. And I reached out to a group of people and said, Hey, can anybody help me up with MailChimp? And one guy wrote this huge long you know, answer of all the things I could do. And long story short, I hired him to come in and help me fix and do you know, MailChimp. Well, that guy kept saying, well, I can do this for you. I can do this for you. I can do this for you. Well, he's now a co-founder of one of my companies, COO of all the companies. And what it taught me is that when you get to a place where all you're doing is screwing it up, that's somebody else's skill set, right? You don't have to get great at it. Like, I'm never going to be great at email marketing, right? right? It's just not my thing. But I have enough working knowledge that if I bring somebody on board... They can have that that skill set, and you know, bringing Kevin in, who's the co-founder of all this stuff, it, it really forced me to look at okay, what other areas of the business do I continue to break, and then how do I go find that talent that geeks out on that stuff and bring them to the table? So for for all your listeners, there, there's there's some point in your business that you just keep blowing up because you're trying to YouTube learn it or whatever else. Stop trying to learn the crap. Go find the expert in that thing and hire for that specific task and watch how much it, it relieves a lot of the stress from your business. 
I really feel that's like the secret sauce. I think that's such, that's so cool. You sharing that. Hey, I want, well, uh, yeah, sorry. Hold on, I'm gonna add, what, when we said that, it made me think, I don't hire a generalist. So I don't hire a marketing person. I hire a, like I just hired a young 19-year-old kid to do YouTube for me. So I produce all the content. He takes care of the entire backend, right? If I hired a marketing person and asked them to do YouTube, they would take, there'd be a huge learning curve. There'd be a lot of things that have to happen. So I would tell you when you find that thing that breaks, find the person who specializes and completely geeks out on that thing and hire them to be part of the team. And you'd be more blown away than hiring the generous. But I cut you off and didn't mean to. Yeah, no, no, that's a great point. In fact, I'm, you know, on that exact point, like sometimes people hire a marketing person. Marketing person doesn't really know how to necessarily copyright or yep. do YouTube videos or short form or whatever. And so what they're doing is they're outsourcing it to like seven other yes. people. And it's like, okay, well, that's just cost, you know, there's higher yep. costs. It's not even giving you the right end result. So that's another great point. Hey, one thing you mentioned, and I actually had it in my question, so I want to circle back to it. You made a comment about, and I love the way you said it, because I've never heard it expressed this way. You said, I felt like I was someone else's retirement plan. You said this in your book. And I've never heard it expressed that way, but it is so, I mean, I always hear, you know, oh, having a job sucks and all that other stuff. But when you really think of it that way, it's really true. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, profoundly. I was out to dinner with uh, my then business partner, hell of a guy. We're still amazing friends. And during that dinner, he stayed, made the phrase that just put my entire life up to 40 years old in perspective. And what he said was, Donnie, thank God you're my retirement plan because I built this business so big and I'd done everything. Now, I tell that to people and people are like, oh my God, that's a horrible thing to say to somebody. And it is, but he meant it out of completely love, right? I mean, he's a good dude. Poor choice awards, you know. But I, after that dinner, I went and sat in my truck and I looked at my entire life and everything that I've done. And I was always somebody else's retirement plan because even though I was a straight commission sales guy, I was still living somebody else's agenda. And one of the things that I did that was smart slash dumb is I added up all the money that I'd sold over the years and calculated what the companies made versus what I took home. And there was a huge gap, right? The gap was warranted because they did all the hard work to build the companies to allow me to come work for them. So I don't take that away from them. But it was at that point that I decided that either I get comfortable being somebody's retirement plan and making them wealthy alongside me, or... I jump in and do it myself, and then I can reap the rewards of all that hard work, get the bigger benefits and the likes, and that was a transition. But I think a lot of people are in that space of, they're just going to be somebody else's retirement plan. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Just turn off the dream. Right. Because that, that, that's what kept hanging me up is... I kept thinking that there was something better out there, that there was something else I should be doing. And that's part of what made the leap is I couldn't stay here being a retirement plan and keep dreaming about the stuff. I had to pick one or the other and I chose to get in the game. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, in your book, uh, F, and I'm kind of leaving some words (laughs) out, F to focused, take your business from growth mode to ultimate scale. I'll say that one more time. F to focus, take your business from growth mode to ultimate scale. Really good book. I want to ask you a couple questions about it. You have something called ADD. Can you share what that is as it relates to processes? Yeah, for sure. So I have attention deficit disorder and I was diagnosed at 45 years old. And I, you know, freaking 
suck at delegating and putting processes and systems out there. So the way I learned it was the acronym ADD, which is take action, document, then delegate. Okay. And what I had to find is I was often trying to delegate things by saying, here you go. Right and walking away, expecting them to be able to read my mind, I guess, and and do the things. And what I had to find is when people would bring back the things that I that I delegated out, is they wouldn't bring back what I was looking for. They would bring back, you know, an idea of how they thought it should be done. So I came up with the idea of action document delegate to be able to give them something. And now what people need to understand is when you delegate, your job is not to tell them how to do their job. Your job is to give them a direction. So you take action yourself, you document what action you take, and you hand that over to them. Their job then is to ADD it. They take action on what you tell them to do. They document what they do. And then the delegation is they're giving it to themselves to completely build out the process. It's actually your staff's job to build the process, not yours. If you build the process and system, you're going to build it so it works for you and nobody else. If they do it based off of your parameters, now other people can step in and do it. And that's a, it, was a, it was a cool logic shift for me to be able to get there because... I always kind of said at the knack that you should just do it the way I do it because it's the way it works. Well, different personalities, different traits, different skill sets. You know, as my Kevin always says, is Donnie, not everybody's built like you. Quit acting to quit expecting them to work like you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, where do processes fit in your mind? Like, is this something companies a million dollars a year or there's should they be following this ADD process? When does it start in your mind? Day one. Day one. Okay. I've learned that if you can't write it down, you don't know it. So it's processes, systems is one of my biggest, weakest points. And it's because it's my head. I can't get out of the idea of it's mundane, but it's those repeatable processes and systems. So truly you should, whatever you sell, whatever price point it is, once you get to about three clients, you should be looking at somebody else to do the fulfillment of whatever you sell. Because if you're not looking for somebody else to do the fulfillment, you're going to create a job and not a company. right? As the president, CEO of your corporation, your job is to be the face of the company and to be out front. Especially in this day and age, people aren't buying brands so much. They are buying people. right? So, And people buy off that no like, and trust with trust being the biggest factor in there. And the only way to get trust on scale is to establish a personal brand in the marketplace that's loud enough that people are already interested in you and buy, then will buy what you have. So I don't care what you purchase from another individual, you're going to buy that person and get their stuff. So the processes along the way have really start in the fulfillment side of whatever it is you're selling, right? How do you deliver your service or product? How's then all that follow-up happen? How's the onboarding happen? How's all the processes go through? And it's got to be done in such a way that it works and functions without you. And what most CEOs don't understand is they want to be in it. They want their hands to touch it. And the more you touch it as a CEO, the more you just are stifling your entire company growth because there's so many more people that are 10 times more talented than you that should be doing all that stuff so you can go be the face of the company. Yeah. In terms of your own personal attributes, I'm just curious. Do you consider your strength, you being a salesperson or your self-awareness? 
would have shifted around three years ago. I up to about three years ago, I would have told you being a sales guy. Okay. Now that I've gone later in life, it's a hundred percent self awareness. Huh. And I always like to explain self awareness how I understand it because sure. everybody always said be self aware, and I could not wrap my damn head around it, and it drove me nuts. Right. Being self aware is understanding why you have the emotional response to a moment. So something happens, you get pissed, you get mad, you get sad, you get happy, whatever. It's understanding where that emotion actually comes from. And if you can figure out where that emotion comes from and understand that it's if it's uh, something you want to keep, something you want to celebrate, cool, stay with it, run with it. But if it's an emotion that comes from more like a triggering standpoint, like it's pissing you off, now you need to go back and understand, is the thing right now pissing you off or is it something that happened in your past that you're reflecting right now. So I just go from a sales perspective. People are all the time, they're like, you know, I don't want rejection because it's horrible or whatever else. So they'll go into a sales call and they get a perceived idea of somebody rejecting them and the sales calls over. When they don't understand that the person most likely just made a trained program response to a salesperson. And if we have our wits about us, we can go explore where that response comes from. But as soon as you get emotionally engaged into it and you take offense or you shut down conversations over. And most times, all people need is to, for us to help them make a decision. Right? Otherwise, they wouldn't be talking to you in the first place. And I want people to wrap their head around it from a sales side of things that if you can just understand that your job is not to sell, convince, coerce, manipulate, your job is to help them make the right damn decision. But you have to be extremely self-aware to get to that place because you got to understand where those emotions pop up that are derailing you. Is it, are you desperation and you need this freaking sale, this deal done? Well, if that's the case, you're going to lose because all those emotions come to the table. So, but yeah, being self-aware is 100% about exploring why those emotions pop up when an event happens. I see this a lot. It's interesting, something you just said. When people are doing sales, and even myself, I have to fight this because I'm not a natural. Nobody's natural. Let's go. Let's, I, I'm trying to develop myself even to this day. But they fill in the blanks of what they think the prospect is thinking. Yes. And it's like such the death kiss of sales of trying to help someone through the sales process because you're already filling in those preconceived notions. And I think that's basically what you were saying, right? Yep. Just saying it better, frankly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and, and let's, let's, let's be real. I mean, the reason most people suck at sales is they just haven't done it enough. Sales should truly be the most boring conversation in the world. Because it should damn near... I mean, there's only five or six things that people can not like or be interested about your product and service. So I heard Alex Hermosi on his podcast say he's done over 4,000 freaking sales calls. And I looked over my life and I'm like, God, I'm nowhere near that. Wow. He goes... But, you know, now granted, Alex sat in a gym and people just came into the gym. And, you know, and so when you're in that situation through that reputation, the conversation's the same conversation. When they say this, you know where the conversation's going next. And, but it made me really think about over the years, all the selling that I've done, it's the same process. Every sales conversation should damn near be the same sales conversation that when they say X, Y, and Z, you should have already heard that a thousand times and know what's coming next. And then be self-aware enough to go, this isn't a fit for them. Or go, damn, 
I've got to help them understand that they need to decide to do this because this is exactly what they need and being able to have that kind of conversation. If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens, and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. And then be self-aware enough to go, this isn't a fit for them. Or go, damn, I've got to help them understand that they need to decide to do this because this is exactly what they need. And being able to have that kind of conversation. What do you suggest? I'll see business owners a lot of times. They'll have a network of business, whether it be you know family, friends, and their business will grow and they'll get to a certain level. And then they just like hit a brick. It's like it stops at 3 million, stops at 5 million, and they literally can't get past that. And some of it, I think, is they just never had to really go out and develop business. It's kind of organically grown. What are your thoughts around, if you knew someone were in that situation, what comes to mind in terms of what you do? Yep. Their, their circles too, is the wrong circle. So I can tell you every time we've hit a plateau, we've hit quite a few of them. Sure. All I've got to do is find myself in a room with people doing 10, 20, 100x over what I'm doing. Because it's the current way you're thinking. And it's the only way you know how to think. And it's the only way you know how to think is because you just, you're, you're in it, right? You're doing the thing. But as soon as you get into a room with people that are just doing it so much bigger than you, Everything changes. I mean, I remember sitting across from the CEO running a couple hundred million dollar company. And as I'm sitting there talking to him, and he's very, very respectfully asking me about my company and how things are going. And I was probably bitching and moaning more than I was supposed to be. And he just laughed at me. He goes, you know, if you would just think in this direction. And as soon as he said that, it was all like, where the heck has that been? We've been sitting here fumbling our, you know, everything, but they've already been through it. They've already done it. So whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're hung up with is a nominal thing that they're going to most likely either be able to go, dude, just do this thing. Or they're going to make it look like it's, it's such a minor detail that it'll become a speed bump and you'll run right over it. So, so it's very much go get in the right rooms with the people that are doing it bigger than you or decide that 3 million is a good place and then learn to operate the company and focus on your margins, right? So you can make more money. So it, it's a choice at that point. Do you get comfortable here and learn to make more money, make things cheaper, however you want to do that? Or do you decide, do I want to get after it and then go after it? And then in terms of, because I can think of some listeners might be thinking, oh man, I don't know someone that's a $200 million company or whatever. Is masterminds a good way to get in those types of circles? I mean, what would you recommend if yep. someone said, hey, I don't really know anybody like that? Well, one, I would go to your network and go, okay. Because as a CEO, if you're not personally investing in yourself, going to masterminds, going to these private retreats, getting into these rooms with these people that are doing heavier things, then you're going to plateau. You're going to stagnate. Because there's a point in business where it becomes high-level networking. And you've got to be able to get in those rooms. So every 
CEOs should be setting aside a, a budget of how much they're going to invest in themselves each year and then spend an enormous amount of time, and I mean an enormous amount of time, to find the rooms they need to get into. And it's going to oftentimes... It's going to be million-dollar masterminds. It's going to be private retreats. It's going to be private events that are exclusive invite only. And I would often tell people the smaller the event, right, the higher the caliber of the individual. So you, you know, this is at that point is a pay to understand, a pay to play, and a pay to grow, you know, opportunity. And you just got to get in those rooms. And if you're not willing to invest in yourself, then go back to being very comfortable in a three to $5 million business and sit there. Right. And I love that you said there's nothing wrong with that. Cause that's so true. Like yeah. sometimes people get so caught up in, Hey, I want to be a hundred million dollar company or whatever. There's nothing wrong with being a three. That's a lot of yeah. success. I mean, I have prospects, clients come to me. Sometimes they're doing $50,000 a week. Hey, that's not a bad number. Yeah. You know, you right. know, maybe think about that. Maybe make your business more efficient. Like you said, maybe that's the route you go down. Nothing wrong with that. So where I want to take the next question is back to your book, you talk about champions, but I think this also intertwines with your business itself. So I think this is a good segue. One of the acronyms that you use is, is champions. Can you talk about that a little bit? And is there in that champions acronym is one stand out as being more important? Yeah. So what I realized is one people don't know how to network on a very high level. They're used to your traditional networking groups, chamber of commerce, rotaries. Nothing wrong with those organizations. They have their place. But at some point, you've got to do what we call collecting champions. And what I mean by that, and you know, I named the company Success Champions after the movie Troy, just because the opening scene of it. The idea is, is there's people that are already into you. They're already you know, championing you. They're out front telling people about your company and the things you do, and they are being your champion. What we did is with the champions acronym is we broke down just a whole bunch of ways you can find champions. So probably my, my biggest champions that we'll go after is the first two, which is your clients is the C and heroes is the H. It, it blows me away how very little companies that are on the scale, on the grow, sit down with their clients and teach them how to be a champion of their business and their brand. Because if your clients are already getting the services that you deliver and they are getting phenomenal results, they're achieving way beyond what you promised they would achieve, then they want to really sing your praises out there. So let them. But oftentimes, they don't know how to do it because they're not on social media. They're not doing a lot in marketing you know, themselves. So you've got to help them do that. So it can be simple things like, hey, let's record a testimonial video. Let's sit down and talk about your clients and your vendors and who you know uh, that's in your network and, and sit down and legitimately have a referral conversation about who do you know that's built just like you that could use our services. Then the other one is, is the heroes. And the heroes are the people that are likely not your clientele. But if you're building a personal brand, you're going to have a lot of heroes. And these are the people that are just into you, your message, the content you put out there. And they're literally out there telling people stories and things about you to listen to your content. You just need to turn them into champion by getting them to now say instead of just listening to Donnie is, ooh, you should go become a part of Success Champions Networking. Ooh, you should go join Champions Table. Ooh, you should go to a summit. I cleaned that up for you. Um, <laughs> you should go to a summit. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> 
You're welcome. You know, and get them more specifically targeted on what they can champion for you. So, um, but it's a cool idea of getting people to just stand out front and go, man, if you're looking for X, this is your guy. This is your dude. This is the person you need to follow and listen yeah, to. Yeah, that's powerful. So I'm kind of circling, going full circle here. Now I'd love to talk a little bit about your businesses because I think there's some intertwining here. What are your businesses? What do you do? Yep. So we have three companies all together. So we have Success Champions Networking. It's a peer mastermind group that happens to have a networking problem. So we have the, it's the fastest growing networking organization on the planet. We bring small business owners together and we form peer masterminds that are done in a networking function. We're all throughout North America getting ready to open up in the Philippines, Dominican Republic, and a couple of other countries. So it's growing really, really wow. rapidly. We have Champions Table Masterminds where we work with your beyond micro. So your half a million to a million dollar companies and a million plus, where we're teaching them how to actually grow beyond what they've done. You know, I tell everybody getting to your first hundred thousand dollars is the toughest thing you do. Getting to your first million then becomes the toughest thing you'll ever do. Getting beyond going a million and above gets simpler, but it's most times they haven't documented their processes and systems, put all the things in place. So that's where we come in and teach them the process systems so they can ultimately get set up for scale. And then we have our summit, which will say it's the... Oh, hell, it's a badass business summit. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> so that we do here in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, every September, we bring in 17 to 20 speakers, some of the top in the game. And the summit is designed to work on your business. So you don't come to the summit to take a whole bunch of notes type of things and then go home and not remember what you said or what you wrote down, you're working on your business right along other CEOs and business owners that are working on their businesses. So it's a masterful freaking networking opportunity and a way that by the time you walk out of the summit, you are actually employing the things you learned while there because they're already engaged in your business. In terms of your masterminds, you kind of mentioned different thresholds of business size. Mm -hmm. Is that important? What's the value in kind of putting like sizes together the biggest thing that we found is similar issues, similar problems, similar headaches. You know, it allows us to have a universal conversation. We did try trying to put a you know somebody way ahead, and it just didn't work because the people coming up just kept feeding on the person that was you know up above them. So we we've learned to put the similar size businesses together so they can grow. And we've got a couple of groups that have been with us for multiple years, and you know they're now really getting on big stages and getting some huge exposure and stuff. And it's fun because we know their entire journey, we know their entire you know things they've gone through, and a couple of them are already getting like, man, you came out of nowhere. No, no, they didn't come out of nowhere. We've been working on this for a very long time. You know, to to get them there. So we will always move people up tiers um, as fast as we can. Yeah. Last question I want to, or before I get to my final question, I want to just talk to you a little bit about growing your business in terms of social media. Where do you think mm. for a typical business, where should they be on the internet? Where should they be doing their promotion? How much should they be dedicating that? Any thoughts around that? Yeah. You know, I always hate it when people are like, you know, be on the platform where your people is, right? Everybody says it, but unfortunately, it's the truth, right? You got to know where your clients are hanging out. Whatever platform they're hanging out on, then you need to dominate that platform. And what I mean by dominate that platform is you need to learn it. So if they're YouTube, go learn YouTube. If they're LinkedIn, go learn LinkedIn. If they're Facebook, go learn Facebook. But you need to 
change your mindset to this is something I do to this is my business development strategy. I always like looking at somebody like Dwayne The Rock Johnson because I think he's one of the best in the game at doing this. But you know, Dwayne realized early on that Instagram was going to be his platform. And so he's like, Instagram, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to make it mine. So he did. And he started putting out content, started figuring out things. And now Dwayne will be going on the late show with Jimmy Kimmel. And he's got his phone out and he's live on Instagram going, hey, you guys better watch out because I'm fixing to be on Jimmy Kimmel and I'm about to blow up. And he'll move a million people from Instagram over to Jimmy Kimmel's show. So his personal brand has become so valuable in the marketplace that he's in such demand he's able to just put his name behind something and it moves. And what people don't understand is, is in this day and age, everything's your personal brand. So whatever the platform is, I mean, personally, I'm on them all and it's me and I go to the nines and put out a ridiculous amount of content because I just know that the opportunity is too massive to grab market share and to grow at the fastest pace is putting building a personal brand that's huge. And I'm staying away from the word influencer because people hear influencer and it has so many cognitations to it. It's really just building your personal brand in the marketplace. So your brand is showing up out there before you do. And just so people understand what I mean by personal brand is marketing and advertising is what you tell the world you do. Branding is what everybody says when you're not around. So your personal brand is how everybody introduces you. So if they're not introducing you to people, they don't know you. If they're not telling the stories about you, it's because you haven't showed up enough to put the stories out there. But as a CEO of a company... You should have a personal brand dominating a platform so you're helping the rest of your company be able to do what they do because you're bringing in an influx of clientele through your personal brand on that social platform. Do you enjoy creating content or there? I love it. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it even more now. I mean, I liked it before, but now that I've got people saying, dude, you got to create this, you got to do this, now it's become a challenge. And and I like competition side of things. So my teams have learned to they'll send me videos of somebody else that's just freaking doing amazing. They're like, yeah, try and beat that. And now I've got to rethink my whole game of how I'm showing up. We've upgraded the studios and, and we've done a lot of things because we just know the, the power of building this all out. And and look, at the end of the day, consistency is going to outwin everything else. You know, you can have somewhat crappy content and show up every day and people are going to lean in. But if you're really going to go for it, then you've got to be very thoughtful about the content. But yeah, no, I I love being on podcasts, love being on stages, love putting content together. It's a blast. Learning to put out an original thought that's not a soundbite, that's where the real talent comes in. Because what most people do on social media is put out a series of soundbites, not original thought. So we're focused more on, okay, how do we continue to show up me, let the world meet who I am by not doing the sound bites and putting out original content? Right. I think honestly, truthfully, getting away from the sound bite and that original content is where it probably gets most uncomfortable too for a lot of us. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's because you start to really put yourself out there. It's another level. So that, that's good stuff. Hey, my last question, and I also want to share one quote that I ran in about you that I really enjoyed. My last question is, do you have a business or a life tip that you've learned along your journey that you could share with us? Maybe something we could apply? 
to build other people up. So, so prime example, guys, if you made it this far with us on the podcast and you got one tip, one trick, anything about there, freaking literally share it out with one person for Tyler. Having my own podcast can tell you the toughest thing in the world is to build your audience. So if you will literally tell one person, whether it's this episode or any other episode you may have gotten some value out of, share that out with them. As a business owner, what I will tell you, the more you can do that, and you can lift other people up and you can be their champion, you'll create so many champions in the marketplace. I, for many years, kind of went through life in a very selfish manner, right? I was going through it of, all right, networking sales, this is about me making money. This is about me, you know, getting to live the lifestyle I wanted. Once I started flipping the script to started championing others, the volume of people that now wanted to work with me, that now wanted to serve with me, now want to open the doors for me, just increased tenfold. And I'll tell you, at a certain level of your business, it's all collaboration. You know, it's it's about meeting the right people that you can just vibe and jive with. And once you meet them, you're going to start finding cool ways to collaborate, open a ton of doors for them. But you're not going to get in those collaboration conversations if you're not championing them. Yeah, I love that. That's a great one. Hey, the quote I want to share, just love it. Every lesson you learn in business is going to be applied again somewhere down the road. I think that is so true. Like it speaks to me personally early in my career. You know, I made some poor decisions in terms of where I chose to work when I was starting out. And the company actually went bankrupt and I had I was on their accounting arm and I had to learn all the collection calls and everything. But it was actually the big best mistake I ever made is the way I was in my brain, you know, 30 years later, because I learned so much from it and it it formed decisions I made later on. So I think that's a great quote. Do you does that speak to you in yeah. terms of anything? Specific, yeah, for sure. What people don't understand is your skill stack, and so just a real quick journey. You know, out of the Marine Corps, went to HVAC where I learned to sell because doing door to door sales. Got recruited out of there to go sell franchises. I worked under the gal who created the Energizer Bunny and the Coca Cola Bears, so I was mentored in the marketing realm. So I learned a ton of marketing up there. From there, I actually bartended for a couple of years, not long after 9-11 and that whole era. So I learned how to deal with people at their worst and best. So I learned a lot of communication strategies. I went and did commercial printing where I got introduced to networking and learned to network. Then I got to Sandler Training, where I started learning to train and teach in front of rooms. And if you look at that entire journey, all those skills I learned along the way, they're 100% applied to my business right now. I mean, I can tell you exactly where they fit in my business. So if people understand that you need to look at life to gather skills, so you can learn those things, those skills are going to stack and they're going to compound with you. I did the same thing. I didn't take jobs early in my career to learn a skill set. I took what was in front of me. You know, it was offered. Like you, I wish I would have said, Ooh, I need to go learn this. I need to go learn right, this. I learned right, this. Right. But every business that we failed at and screwed up and everything or tried, all those things we learned in doing that, we're now applying to the businesses now. Right. So everything's going to be on repeat. At some point, it's going to come back around. So the more you can get used to handling when it does come back around, the more success you're going to find going through it again. Yeah, yeah. File that away and it's use it for later. Yep. It's going to be there, right? Yeah, I love that. Okay, hey, I'm going to put this in the show notes at thinktyler.com. The champions90.com is where people can go. Is there anywhere else where you'd like them to go? So champions90.com, one more time, I want to say. Anywhere else that you'd like them to go? Yeah. I mean, if you guys are just looking for ways to get a lot more referrals coming in your business, if you'll text the word success 
to 817-318-6030. I'll send you an entire training video where I just teach 10 amazing ways to get a ton of referrals coming into your business and how to basically automate the entire process. So that's the word success to 817-318-6030. And it's going to ask for your email. There's no upsell, no anything like that in there. It's just getting new information. But in there, you'll get one of the emails you'll get. We'll have all my social media. We'll have all my contact information and everything in there. Cool. I'll also put that in the show notes so people can, if you didn't get that down as you were driving or whatever, go to thinktyler.com and it's in the show notes. Donnie, thank you so much. You are just a blast to listen to. I was excited. I knew it would be great. And and you're just entertaining and fun to listen to. Uh, My honor, brother. Great. Dude, seriously, I appreciate all the background and research you did. It Not many hosts do that. So good on you, brother. I appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great one. Take care. You too. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.